ago, I was crucified with him. That's right. That's a fact. I was crucified with him when he was crucified. That the body of sin might be destroyed. His experience has now become my spiritual history. And now he speaks of me as already having every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's already there. In Christ, I have been crucified, quickened, raised, set with Christ at the right hand of God the Father. Ephesians 2, 6 says we are already. He hath raised us up together with him. Why? Because we're in him. Not only are we seated beside him, we're seated in the same seat he's in. Why? Because we're in him. We don't have a separate seat. We're seated in the same seat in him in heavenly places. Why? Because we're in him. We've got to get that. What does it mean to be in him? We're seated with him in heavenly places. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he said, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. Because if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. But how many know he didn't die in vain? Because when he was crucified, I was crucified with him. How can I know that I am in Christ? Kent, how do I know that? Explain that to me, God. You ever had that idea, Kent? Just a few times. How can I know that I'm in Christ? Well, the word of God affirms it so. I'm not going to quote this to you. I want you to turn it with me, and I want you to look at 1 Corinthians with me. You got a pencil? Hmm? Make sure you got a pencil. Verse 29 says this, 1 Corinthians 1, 29, that no flesh should glow in his presence. How many flesh? How about good flesh? How about wonderful flesh? Perfect flesh? No flesh. No flesh will glory in his presence. But look at him. Now, verse 30 says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, let him that glory, glory in the Lord. How did we get in him? Of him. God put me in him. I couldn't put myself in him. God put you, Ross, in him. God did it. Why? So that Ross couldn't glory. You know, Paul goes on to the Corinthian church, man, he says, you guys are reigning as kings and priests. I wish you were a king, then I could reign with you. He says, you're carnal. You're walking as mere men. He said, what is it that you received that you didn't get as a gift? And if God gave it to you as a gift, why are you glorying as if you earned it? Freely. Of God. That's what he's saying. Of God are you in Christ who has made unto you. Look at that. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. There's a whole group of Christians out there trying to sanctify themselves by being good. I want to tell you something. Your sanctification is past tense. He's already sanctified you. He's already redeemed you. He's already made you righteous. He's already done it all. He's already glorified you. Why? Because you're in Him. As long as you're in Him, you got it all. What is it that's not done? It's already done. So why? So no flesh is going to glory in His presence. So what's the answer? Let's just kill that old man. Get rid of him. 
It's something accomplished by him in his sovereign grace and wisdom to be believed, received, and accepted and rejoiced in by us. Watchman Nee's got a little book called Sit, Walk, Stand. How many of you know the book? I'd encourage you to go back and read page 17. (laughs) Go back and read page 17, and I'll tell you why. I want to tell you what he says there, and I want you to catch this. He says, if I take a dollar bill, and I want you to look at me, and I open the magazine, and I put that dollar bill in the middle of that magazine, and I close that magazine, and I set that magazine on fire, where is the dollar? It has gone the same way as the magazine to ashes. Where the one goes, the other goes too. Their history has become one. That's us. His history is our history. God put us in him when he was crucified. God put us in him when he was baptized. God put us in him when he was raised from the dead. Resurrection. And God put us in him now that he's seated at the right hand of the Father on high. We're in him. His history is our history. You can't change that. Freely we've been placed in him by God's doings. So what does that leave us to do? Believe it. That's a big, that's a big job. Believing that. How many places does it say in him, in him, in him? Look with me in Colossians chapter 2. I may cover this a little more in detail later, but I want you to see something here. Colossians 2.11. You there? All right, look at this. In whom... Ye also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein ye also are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. Now, the Amplified Bible says this, that you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Thus, when you were baptized... You were circumcised with, by Christ when you were baptized. Come on. When you were baptized, you were circumcised. That's right. Yes, now, stay with me now. I want you to say something. Circumcision was a sign of the old covenant, of the flesh. The sign of the new covenant is baptism. Now, that's going to shake a few of you up. Baptism is a circumcision of the flesh. You were circumcised when you were buried with Christ and by the operation of faith that old flesh was cut away. That was the place of exchange. You remember we talked about baptism a few Sundays ago? I'm telling you something. That is the place where that old man was buried and that old man, the exchange was made through the operation of Christ, through baptism, where the Holy Ghost then, that life that raised Christ from the dead, raises us to walk in the newness of life. Did you get it? In that, why is baptism so important? You know, I told you a a few weeks ago, I have been feeling like God's been saying to me, son, you've taken baptism away too serious, not serious enough, too lightly. There was a purpose for baptism. It is a grave. It is the place of exchange for the old and the new. 
It is. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Teach them what I've taught you. How I came. How I was and I buried and died and rose again. And how I redeemed you spirit, soul, and body. And how baptism is a place where you put off that old man and bury him. And he says, teach all nations. And after you've taught all nations and you got them grounded... Watchman Nee said the only time you should bury someone is when you know they're dead. <laughs> Baptism is a grave. You only bury the grave. You don't bury the dead. You don't bury live people. When you know that you're dead. Because when Christ died, who else died? I did. When Christ went into the grave, who else went into the grave? I did. That's why you'll find in the New Testament there's not one place you'll ever find where baptism was not immediately when they got born again. Why is that? So that this body of sin, this circumcision made without hands could take place as you're buried with Christ. And then that operation of faith where you're raised to walk in the newness of life. That's why it's so important. You say, well, why are you making a big deal out of baptism? Why do we make a big deal out of communion? He did it once. Why do we do it all the time? In remembrance of what he's done. What's baptism for? To remind you of who, who's down there. And what happened when you were baptized. There's a purpose for it. So we'll know exactly when we made that exchange from the old to the new. Something happened. When you were buried, you were circumcised with the circumcisions not made with hands. In a putting away of the old man. And raised to what? Walk in the newness of life. God put us in Christ. What happened to Christ happened to us. Our old man was crucified with him. Romans 6, 5 says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans 6 says something. Our old man was crucified with him. Past tense, Romans 6, 6. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is what? Freed from sin. Now verse 8 says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing. We know something. What do we know? That Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. How do we know that we're delivered from sin's dominion? Because death has no more dominion over him. When he was buried and raised up, that was the end of it. When we were buried and raised up, that was the end of it. Sin shall not have dominion over us anymore. Romans 6, uh, 6 says you were the servants of sin. You were, but you obeyed from the heart that doctrine delivered you. Being then made free from sin. What's Romans 6 all about? Baptism. You were made free. Why? Why do you want to go back to that? I read them something in the message. Let me read it to you. Sometimes it helps us to hear something in a little different way. Romans 6.1 is talking about baptism. So listen, let me read it to you. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep forgiving us? I should hope not. If we left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That's what happened in baptism. When you went under the water... We left our old country of sin behind. When we came out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace and a new life in a new land. That's what happened in baptism. Into Jesus, his life means. 
When you were lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by the Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer at sin's ever beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conscious conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Christ was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of the death as as an end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us from now on. Think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. You hang on every word. You're dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't let it run little errands that are connected with the old way of life. (laughs) Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, You're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. That's what's happened. See, and I I shared with you, you know, in Acts 2.38, when they were pricked in their hearts and they said, what do we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Promises to you, your children, all that are far off. Verse 40. With many other words did he testify and exhort them and encourage them and say to them, Save your old souls from this crooked and perverse world. Your old souls. And they that heard those words were baptized. Why? They recognized that the only thing left for them to do was bury that old rascal. Amen. That's right. And the same day was added 3,000 <laughs> souls. Two verses later, neither was there any that lacked. For all that had houses and lands sold it and gave to every man as he had need. You show me somebody in their old soul that'll sell anything and give it to somebody else. It ain't going to happen. See, that new soul is the heart of love. And God said, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I'll take away that stony heart. Where did he take it away at? I'll tell you where. Right there in that watery grave. And then he gave you a new heart. And a new spirit. <clears throat> and he raised us to walk in the newness of life. Say, well, pastor, aren't you, you you trying to tell us we have to be baptized to be saved? I think, you want to know the truth? I think a lot of us Protestants went so far because other people was claiming that, that we went the other way and we just kind of make it of none importance. You show me one place in the New Testament where anybody got saved without being baptized. That's right. You show me. Even a eunuch traveling in the desert and he preached the gospel to him. His first response was, when they came to water, here's water in the desert. As soon as he saw the water, he says, what does hinder me to be baptized? He said, if you believe with all your heart, you can. So with the heart, you believe into righteousness, and you go down into that water, and you come up with a brand new heart, walking in the newness of life. And it said he went away rejoicing. Maybe we're having so much trouble with that old man because we still hadn't reckoned him to be dead. And hadn't buried the old rascal. 
You know, I've been baptized twice, but I'm kind of thinking I may need a third one. Oh, you hear me? The scripture says the doctrines of baptisms. Does it mean we can only have one or two or three or four or five or six? I tell you what, it wouldn't hurt for us to baptize that old man every time he sticks his head up. <coughs> well, we, we take communion all the time. We don't take communion one time and forever it's older, over. <coughs> don't shout me down. If you need baptized, get baptized. Make the exchange. You pour water on you if you're not careful. He'll sprinkle you. I'm not being legalistic, but I'm telling you, when God starts putting something on my heart and you don't let me get away with it, and I've been struggling with this for, for weeks or months, why is baptism more important than we made it? And I realize it's because baptism is your new covenant sign of a new heart. There you go. It is a circumcision made without hands when you were baptized. That's why. That was the place where that new heart and that old flesh was dealt with and buried. <clears throat> okay? So his history is what? Our history. His history was written in Christ before we were ever born. In Galatians 1.15 it says, Paul said, But when it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb and call me by his grace, when it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb, he called me by his grace. The message Bible says, Even then God had designs on me. He chose me and called me out of sheer generosity. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth from your mother's womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet among the nations. 1 Peter 1.2 says, The elect, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, <clears throat> God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit. In all these verses, the invitation, the initiative is with God, not us. How many think he knows what he's doing? Our deliverance from sin is not based on what we do but on what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. When all these facts become ours, we rest in his finished work, and we know the secret of the new man. The Christian message regarding our being in Christ is summed up by Paul in Galatians 3.27. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We all lose our old identity in Christ, and we have a new one. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. In 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22, in these verses, Peter points out the parallel between salvation of Noah through the waters of the flood and the salvation of Christians through the water of baptism. Noah and his family were saved because they were in the ark. Hear me. They were saved what? Because they were in the ark. According to Peter, we are not saved because our body was washed from filthiness, but because baptism is the means instituted by God for putting us into Christ Jesus, the ark. In the ark. Did you get it? 
That was God's way of putting us in Christ. When Noah built the ark, he was instructed to make only one door. When our Father made provision for us for salvation from the world, he made only one door. And Jesus said, I am the door. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's the only way. I don't care what Oprah says, there's still just one way. There's, there's just one way. I don't care what everybody else says. There's just one way. And he is the one way. That's not legalism. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through his Son. And he paid the price for us to be in him. <coughs> so what is our whole life about? It's holding that beginning confidence we have in him to the end. There's nothing else that matters. He's the author of our salvation and he's a finisher of our salvation. And everything we have is in him. And it's already been done in him. In Christ. So our job is to hold that confidence steadfast to the end. Amen. Hold on to that. And whatever you have to do to hold that. <clears throat> and just remember it's not about us. It's about him. The philosophers claim that all of us have three basic needs. The need to belong. The need of significance. And the need of security. I meet a lot of pastors, and I minister to so many pastors. They have a lot of religion. They have a lot of knowledge who lack the knowledge of who they are. The new man are those who are in Christ. They're not looked upon as forgiven sinners by the Lord, but they are sons and daughters of God, saints and kings and high priests. That's who we are. They are born of the water and of the spirit. The old life is gone, and they're walking in the newness of life. Paul said... If you know you're in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation. The reason so many are still under condemnation, even though they're Christians, they stopped with just being churchgoers and stopped short of being in Christ. Don't know who you are. You can believe into the church, into ministry, into Christian service, and not be in Christ. But the key is if any man be where? In Christ. He is a new creation. Old things passed away. The message Bible says, and you get a fresh start. How many of you like fresh starts? You know, why do we get up and do this? And that's what we're going to do next. Why? Because it tells you what he paid for, spirit, soul, and body. It reminds you of everything you have in him. And he says, as often as you eat this and drink this, you just show what the Lord's done for you till he comes. So let's, let's, let God open our eyes to baptism. And I'm saying there's some of us that need to make it again. Some of you may never had a real scriptural <laughs> baptism. See, she did it again. Her and her husband did it again. I'm telling you, if you want to do it 50 times, I don't care. I know Royce was talking one day and he said, when I baptized him, I kept him under a little extra length of time. I did. I wanted to make sure he's good and dead. <laughs> I mean, he was bubbling and all that. I mean, I wanted to make sure. I didn't let him up too quick. Huh? That's good. That's good. But see, I was trying to kill him. He should have already been dead when we went in there. See the difference? You need to know you're dead before you ask to be baptized. And the only way you're going to know that is when you realize that in him, when he was crucified, you were crucified in him. When he was buried, you were buried in him. But this is the most important part. You can have all of that going. If you don't know you've been raised to walk in the newness of life, you're going to be miserable all your life. 
Because that new man only comes by that resurrected man. Then you walk in that new, justified, made right man the rest of your life. And that's where righteousness, peace, and joy takes you over. When you know who you are. I could read some more. That whole six is, chapter 6 is really good in the Message Bible. All right, communion guys, come on up. Now, this isn't something we just do every month because it's something to do. Why do we do it? It reminds us of what? Of what's been paid for us. So we could be in him.